This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 456. Quest for Truth, presented by Protectorate Productions and HPN, Heltsley Podcast Network. Now located at life-truth.com. And now, here are your hosts, Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, that is correct. You're about to listen to another episode of Quest for Truth. And surprise, we have our uh, co-host Nathan Caldwell in the studio. Uh, we do have a, a lengthy discussion, so I don't want to have too long of a comment here on the opening side, or even on the closing side. Uh, so w- with that in mind, just uh, keep in mind, we had a, a discussion on some hot button uh, cultural topics, specifically on the matter of diversity, equity, and inclusion. We had a lot more uh, on my uh, show notes to really get out there. Uh, but hey, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, this is a topic that's not going away anytime soon. And unfortunately, I don't want to beat it to death. Uh, but here we are. We're beating on it today. <laughs> Maybe we'll do it again later in the year. Hopefully no time soon. But hey, I hope you get something out of this. And uh, let me know what you think. Uh, did we cover it well? Do we overlook things? Do we state things well? Send me an email. Leave me a comment. You can even use our voicemail. All these things you'll find out at the end of the show. We do all of our calls to action, tell you how to find us on the web and all that good stuff. Hey, but for now, we'll just keep it real brief. And after a very, very short uh, moment or two from the good folks at the Christian Podcast Community, we'll get started with our main topic, oh, ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. And you'll hear voices that sound some like these right here. Unbelievers now have no excuse to misinterpret the Bible like they ever did. Interpreting the Bible has never been easier or less expensive. Get your copy of What Does It Mean to Me? This teaches and demonstrates the importance of biblical interpretation. Proper biblical interpretation is the difference between truth and error, life and death heaven and hell. This is created for your sinos. That's your Christians in name only. Readers will stop asking, what does this mean to me? And start asking, what does it mean? Get your copy of what does it mean to me at trackplanet.com or on amazon.com today. You want to get this before it's too late. Can you prove that God is a trinity? Can you prove that Jesus is God? Can you defend the Christian faith? And what is it that Christians truly believe? The new book by Andrew Rappaport, What Do We Believe?, will answer those questions and more. Some people just don't understand what the church is today, but this book will go through the history and meaning of the church and what's more important than to understand man's sinfulness and God's salvation. Get your copy at whatdowebelievebook.com or at the strivingforeternity.org store. Hey, um, just to get right to the topic here, uh, I had been seeing an awful lot. You would think that it would, as much as the chatter about th- stuff like DEI and Christian nationalism and all these buzzwords are out there, uh, that they would have been talked to death. And I know a year ago, last summer, I think, we actually did a, a program, a, a podcast episode on Christian nationalism. And believe it or not, I think that's our highest ever single download episode. Um, 
So it was a pretty hot button thing at the time. And it seems to remain so. I think a lot of it has to do with what you'd call a straw man argument. You know, are you still there? Right. Because it depends on your definition of what right. Christian nationalism is. Right. And, and really, uh, Keith, um, the definition trick, if you want to call it a trick, plays into this as well. Right. To DEI. And, and really, it is a trick. It's a gimmick. It, it is something that the folks who are trying to, uh, oh, I, I honestly would say, want our country to, to see harm uh, have developed. Uh, and I did have some basic notes on the surface. If we take words like diversity, inclusion, equity, they, if you look up a dictionary, they each one by themselves. Well, that's awesome. Why would you not want to have diversity? Correct. That means and, you and, have a lot of different people, you know, in your working environment, and that'll be that's great. Different people, uh, but that's not what diversity means in the DEI mix. And the same with inclusion. Hey, we want to include everybody. We don't want to be racist or bigoted. We want to include everybody, and it goes hand to hand. But then equity, I've always had trouble with that word. Um, I saw a really good illustration. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if it's a, a a a at least to define the equity they're talking about. Well, let me return to the dictionary definition because in my memory, every time I used to see the word equity, it always involved a financial institution, like uh, savings and loan and equity, and equity and financial investment. And then yeah, whenever let's, I, let's, yeah. when I started seeing it with social issues it's like okay we need to define these terms because it's like that line in uh, what princess bride you you keep saying that word but i don't think that word means what you think it means <laughs> oh yeah justin uh, peters uses that quite, yeah. quite often i think yeah and uh and so you know, if you look up the equity in the dictionary again has to do with finances insurance and what it means is you you have an ownership stake in the business in other words if i if i take a dollar and i run out to walmart and i buy a one dollar worth of shot shares and stock i'll have one dollar shares of stock i'll have all the power that one dollar of voting for shares of stock gets me in walmart Whereas yeah, that's not what let, they're talking about. But no, well, the, 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 let's say you have a thousand dollars invested in Walmart. Well, you'll have all the equity, all the ownership that a thousand dollars will buy you in that company. And so, is the, they say that it's equal outcome? But even in that definition, it's it's really, if you think about it, it's more of a why do you have invested into it, and that's what your outcome is going to be. If I have a, a dollar. Uh, at stake, then I'm going to see a dollar worth of reward. If if the if the stock goes up three times, you're going to end up with three thousand dollars. I'm not going to end up with three thousand dollars because I only have a dollar invested in that. Right? This is the way it's supposed to work. This is the dictionary definition. What it's how it's supposed to be, but right. it is not the definition they're using. Right, and it, it and a word equity you could translate that to be fairness. Again, it's fair. What you put into it is what you get out of it. It no. also depends on your definition of fair. <laughs> right. Uh, and some people will call that maybe a meritocracy because you merit you, what you get into, you, out of it, what you put into it. And people somehow have declared meritocracy to be an evil thing. But it's like if you're going to be invested in something – then you you would all be fair for you to get that investment out of it. Right. If you are successful, it's only fair that you can reap benefits right. from that success, especially if the success you're getting is as a result of your hard work. Right. For me, it's not fair if someone is doing absolutely nothing, yet they could be doing something, and that's a whole – a uh, uh, different topic. You you mean like if you uh, had a doctorate at oh say Harvard and you were caught plagiarizing on uh, fifty different times on 
17 out of 19 of your papers you submitted and somehow you still managed to become the president of Harvard. Yeah, there's something <laughs> wrong with that. Something wrong with that picture. Which, of course, that's what's been happening at Harvard, although late breaking news, she finally decided that she's going to resign from that position. Okay, so let's take each word and kind of break it down a little bit. Sure. Do you want to start with that? Like, you mean like I what, want to, what, what it has come to mean? Or, yes, I, I went to a website, uh, ideal.com, and it kind of gave me at least a picture, not a big, not the, as big a picture as I really wanted, but it gave me something to work with. Um, however, for those more interested in DEI and how it affects Christianity, um, the Christian podcast community did have some podcasts that at least one that addressed it. And I wish I knew which one it was because it was really good. Um, I, I have to say there's been, I think almost every podcaster on the community at some point has addressed it in some way, shape or form, but I know there have been a couple that have really dived into it deep. I, I, I would go on a limb and say voice of reason radio probably was one of them. I'm sure that Andrew uh, Rappaport has probably dug deep on it. Uh, if there are others out there, uh, I, I'm just saying that those are the likely ones that I would think of. But there's, if you're one of them and you're listening to this, let us know. We'll give you a fair if, time. <laughs> uh, if Christian Podcast Community page over at christianpodcastcommunity.com, if they have a search engine down there, I would I would suggest searching uh, DEI because um, yeah it's there. Yeah, I think even the religious uh, what's it called religion list Christianity and that may be the one I was listening to. They they also have covered it pretty in depth before too. Um, That may have been the one because one of them was really good and it talked about what they what some of them really thought about Christians and woo woo. And and that's that's their that's their area that they do. They they cover hot button topics right, right out of the news every week, and this this will be one of them. But but diversity, you'll hear this a lot, and I'll tell you right now, it's a flat out lie. Diversity is our strength. That's a lie. Diversity is not your strength. This diversity is not anybody's. Strength. You get strength from unity. Exactly. Now you can be unified among many different diverse individuals. Exactly. And I've mentioned it before on this podcast, uh, because I've got a background with the military, we have, we've had all kinds of diversity in a, in a unit. You'd have rich kids, poor kids, black kids, white kids, farm kids, city kids, diversity, all the diversity you want to shake a stick at. But the important thing was the mission. It didn't matter who you were, where you came from, what kind of pull you had. It's all about the mission. You unify under the mission. And so diversity can contribute to strength. It definitely contributes to character. But it doesn't matter how diverse you are. If you cannot unify, you do not have strength. So I I went to ideal.com. And they said, and this is a, I'm trying to quote from here. Uh, they said there's a tendency to refer to people or a person as diverse, even with the best intentions referring to people this way. Now this is from ideal.com, not for me. Feels a lot like euphemism for outside the majority or different from the dominant group. This framing of diversity is misleading at best because it assumes we're all the same. At worst, it's a damaging oversimplification that alienates people rather than include them. It's a problem we've seen echoed among many job seekers, talent acquisition specialists, and HR professionals, end quote. Now, I would not consider diversity necessarily to be, quote, different from a dominant group, unquote. But instead, this is me talking, <laughs> different and unique regardless. However, there is a normal. 
there are standards and practice, practices prescribed by the creator. Any deviation from this design is abnormal. It's, you might even say, divergent. This is diversity, but it is a kind of diversity that is dangerous, not only to others, but to the ones who practice it themselves. Nevertheless, there are ways we are all the same. We are all made in God's image. We are all marred by sin. We are all in need of a Savior. Jesus died for all. John 3.16, God so loved the world. In Romans 10.13, whosoever believes, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So these are the ways we're the same. And there's a truckload of different things that make people, quote, diverse, unquote. Some of them are great. There are some cultural uh, you know, differences that just, they make us who we are. And, and, and you add that to a mix of a bunch of different, you know, culture stuff and you actually can make it richer, you know, with each person sharing their culture. But if right. we're not careful, we will start celebrating a diversity that is not right. Well, it, it, there's a, there's another word for, sharing diversity for the sake of diversity and having no unity whatsoever is called chaos. I was going to say anarchy. <laughs> anarchy is there a good one. Uh, it's, it's chaos. In fact, you can go back to Genesis 1, what, verse 2 or 3. Uh, the spirit hovered over the earth, the face of the earth, and there was essentially means you know chaos, you know, darkness and chaos covered the earth. Uh, there, there was no structure until God started His creative acts, and so there's a big unifier right there. Is is getting behind God's cause? Um, again, like in the military, it's all about the mission. What's your mission? You know, if it depends on your service, if you're Navy, Air Force, Marines, or what. But essentially, your mission is, you know. Uh, to protect and defend the country. And how do you do that? Well, it, you got to put aside your differences if, if the mission is going to be sacrificed for that. Well, you, you got to do what now? You got to put aside those differences. I mean, you whoa, can whoa, whoa, whoa. you can bring that character into the mix, but there are times when diversity is actually counterproductive. You got to put aside your differences. Tell that to the federal government currently. Yeah, really. Well, fighting you know, each other. Yeah, uh, but that—that's—that's that's just the way it is, and, and I, I think uh, we don't say it enough. Uh, but our our country, you know, being as it is, it's a secular country. It's not like God ordained it from the Bible, but right. It, but the, but let's not really dig into that too deeply. There, uh, whenever our nation founded its education system, there was besides you know the reading and writing arithmetic. There was two two things that was mandatory. That was learning government and constitution, because how can you be an American citizen if you don't know what America is all about? You got to know how to be an American, right? And the other thing is learning religion, learning the Bible, learning ethics. Uh, and of course, the Bible is a good place for learning ethics. Well, yeah, that's where so, it comes from. Uh, you know, people say, well, the early textbook in those schools was the Bible. And uh, challengers that will say, well, we've got plenty of other good literature. We don't need the Bible there anymore. And I would say, well, that you maybe have a point there, but uh, the the Bible still, and you don't have to push a particular religion, uh, you know, but still the Bible is very critical for uh, developing good moral and ethics because if you have uh, kids who are sound in their morals and ethics a lot of the other legal issues will fall into place they'll be easier to govern because they already hold to a moral standard and there's another evil word as you mentioned standard uh in fact i was talking it's, it's been a few weeks ago but one of the, the ladies at our church who's also a teacher at the local high school and she made a comment, oh, there, there's a word I don't use anymore, is standards. What's, what's normal? 
And I thought, oh, you have a Bible in your hand? <laughs> I right. Can, I can show you what's standard and normal. You go to church here, you should know what's standard and normal. But in our modern secular school system, there is no normal. There is no standard. And it's like, well, yes, there is. Because otherwise, well, what is plagiarism? Why should you not cheat on a test? Why if, should you behave in the classroom? There are standards. If you say there is no standard, or if you say there should not be a standard, you have actually made a standard. Right. You just you just lowered your bar to an easy to achieve level. <laughs> oh. But uh, diversity, I, I, what people really mean is uh, we want to have our type of people and not your type of people. In other words, it's just another name for racism. But, and, but the problem is, uh, historically, people say, oh, well, you white people, you're racist because you enslaved black people. Well, I, I found out from an early age that uh, black people can be an awful lot more racist than white people can. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think we kind of got it equally. I, I've I've seen it bad on both uh, in, in all realms, but uh, I was really kind of surprised whenever I first uh, was awakened to that. I was like, oh, here I'm I'm trying to uh, be uh, 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 socially polite and uh, or whatever with being. I don't know what the word is. Uh, uh, in, in a social group respectful respectful is the word and then all of a sudden you get a lot of pushback and, and anger and hatred from these people and it's like um i don't know where that came from uh but if you're angry at some white guy because they did something mean to you in the past uh, it wasn't me <laughs> here's you the know. thing if you want to make amends you can at least start by people who you can actually get along with <laughs> you know it it is not diversity that's the problem. It's the way that the term is misused and abused that is the problem. And, and, and it's come come to mean diversity with little or no unity, uh, and it's it just tears the fabric of society apart because we no longer realize why are we unified under this red, white, and blue flag? Why are we unified? under a country named America, uh, why are we unified uh, by, you know, all the things that have historically made our, our nation a great nation? And you can say, oh, well, it's because this person or that people group didn't have their, their chance. They didn't have their fair shot. Well, um, that's sad to say that in the past, and it, it, it breaks my heart to know that these things have happened. But they've never, I've never personally been the one in charge of any of that stuff and i've never right. personally been alive during much of when that was happening and there were many who tried to repair that right it is like if you can't accept the reparations that have happened in the past and accepted the uh the flywheel effect the the passing it forward for what i'm trying to do then it's no longer me that has that chip on the shoulder um, and there's been a lot of work in the past to uh, stop segregation. You know, we wouldn't need to integrate people. And I, I'm just so shocked in the last decade or so, people are like, no, 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 we want to segregate again because segregation is awesome. We love it. I'm like, that's not what I grew up hearing. That's kind of <laughs> feel like we're moving backwards, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Uh, but uh, to, to me, the... Uh, the uh, inclusivity part, uh, I, I think that's maybe, it, it, to me, goes hand in hand with diversity, except for what you're saying there is uh, we need to make sure we don't turn away a particular people group. We want and, all, all people of all stripes to be able to you know, get along, have a space here, and so forth. And uh, when we get to inclusion, I have some comments on that oh. very thing, too. Well, I, I'm ready to move towards it unless you have more to say on diversity. Well, I'm ready to go to equity if you are. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so back to ideal.com. They said, whereas diversity refers to all the many ways that people differ, equity is about creating fair access, opportunity, 
and advancement for all those different people. It's about creating a fair playing field, to use a familiar metaphor. Now, the picture they gave was a difference between equality and equity. With equality, everybody uh, had the same base that they were standing on, and they were reaching up towards an apple tree. Well, some people were too short to reach the apple. Some people could reach the apple. It was that kind of thing. With equity, they raised the platform so that everybody could reach the apple. Now, that sounds good, but it could be dangerous depending on how it is applied. If someone is treated with respect, regardless of who they are or where they come from, that's great. That's needed. However, if hard work doesn't bring better rewards than no work, that's an issue. If only certain people have to earn their way while others who have the same or similar ability get a free ride, that's an issue. I'll give you an example of a situation where equity does not need to be applied. Medical school. (laughs) (laughs) I want there to be a rigorous standard And if you can't meet it, I want them to say tough because I want my doctor to be able to do and actually know what he's doing. If you don't have the ability, then you need to get out of the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Airline pilot would be another one. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) If you're going to fly in a plane, you want to make sure that the guy in the cockpit can handle the plane and not be there because of some t- checkbox on a uh, cultural form they filled out. Yeah. I- I'm totally on board with reasonable accommodation for those who need it. We're talking about, you know, if somebody's handicapped, well, I mean, I'm sure you are familiar with reasonable accommodation as you probably do need it uh, quite often. I'm sure. Um, one of which is your computer talks to you. Um, it's totally right to do that. However, problems arise when you start taking away from one to give to another or showing a kind of preferential treatment to one group over another. And to use your metaphor of different sized people reaching into an apple tree, you may have arranged somebody who is, say, six foot tall, someone who is five foot tall. And so if you was to elevate a platform so that the five foot tall guy now could reach those uh, apples on the lower branches well the six foot tall guy can reach even higher in the branches oh the, no the, he didn't get it elevated uh, well, I'm, 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 yeah i'm just saying though that that being the case everyone's still reaching that goal it's just even even at that point the tall person you can say oh they still have an advantage you're taller they're getting better apples that the other guy can't reach well uh, yes and no but you're all be able to reach apples but if you're saying like what you just hinted at is, oh, look, five-foot-tall guy needs this platform. Sorry, there's a six-foot-tall guy. Now we're going to make him be seven-foot-tall, and you're still going to be six-foot-tall. Well, then if you can still reach the apples, then sure, great. But there's no reason to do that. Let's say even the the tall guy can't reach the branch. Let's say they're eight feet off the ground. and you only give the short people the, the advantage, and it's like now you're purposely disabling people who would normally uh, be qualified. You know, and we see yeah. a lot of that in college admissions. I was say, I'm not sure that's not actually happening. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it does. You know, uh, you 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 historically you're you know Asian guy or Jewish guy, and you would get into Harvard. Historically, uh, you're you're the guys who get the good grades, and here you're in. Oh, look, we need to get more uh, inner city people and who who have less um, uh, monetary gain, you know, uh, starting place. We're going to need to elevate them despite your academics. And who knows? Maybe that person you elevated will do fine. Maybe they'll they will excel, and maybe they just needed that chance to show that. But when you do that and handicap the person 
who you normally would have picked, now you're uh, you're doing a disservice. Oh, and sometimes to yourself, but also, um, I'm okay with giving uh, 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 what do you call it? A person who doesn't have a lot of money access right. you, you to a, a good a, college, a, a leg up to go to college, giving them if, financial support, giving them a hand up. If, that, that's fine. You know, I remember because I was a kid at the time back in the seventies, back when they passed all this legislation about equal rights stuff, th- there was ads on TV all the time. All I ever needed was a chance, a big, happy, smiling guy, right. happy because he's holding his check from the basic grant to go to college or having the opportunity he needed to get in the door at this place. That's fine. And there's room to elevate those people into slots at the same time, not turning your your back on those who would have already been there. Right. But what I was trying to say is if you belong there. Now, I'm not talking black, white. I'm not talking any kind of anything except this. If you can't make the grade. Right. If finances was the only thing keeping you back, then wonderful. Give the person the finances. But yeah, you just nailed it, the grade. Now, once you're in the door, hey, you, you, we have these uh, people, they're going to Harvard. If you can pass the same test that all the other students pass, right. then what does it matter where you came from? That's you're right. there and you're doing well at that level. And then it, it, the fact that you need that financial playing field leveled, that's exactly what has historically has kept people out of school is that. And that's the easy fix. But whenever you say, oh, we only have uh, a thousand seats available, uh, we already have, uh, you know, so many already spoken for, uh, we want to bring these diversity people in. Well, to do that, uh, we're going to, cut away the opportunities for these students who normally would, would apply based on their merit just to give these other group a chance. Now, if the other group, again, turns out that they can handle it on their merit, that's great. you, you got to make that hard decision. Uh, but if you, if you get these people in and let's say they're performing at only 50% level and you've just ditched, you know, a bunch of people who could not perform them. It, it, if you want to maintain a reputation of being a quality institution, you have to maintain those standards. At that point, you're doing excellence. the students and the uh, even the nation, the world, mm-hmm. a disservice by not allowing people who were above bar. Right. To, to participate in the field of their choice. Now, now if someone place, let, let's say like Harvard says, you know, uh, we really, really want to make sure that, uh, you know, inner city kids or first generation immigrant kids who don't have any track record in our country, we want to make sure that they have the same shot at a, a top notch school like Harvard. You know what maybe Harvard ought to do? is start an adjacent school. So that says, you know, th- like a prep school maybe and say, look, uh, y- you need to have the financial leg up, but we need to have you meet a higher standard. You got the financials. Now we're going to give you some prep school. Right. We're, we're, we're going to up your grades before we put you in with the rest right. of the group. And, and once you also pass that, meritorious grade standard if, if you show that you can hold your own with all their other freshman sophomore grade level people then you're in and, and you would you would have proven yourself to excel that the the the, the chance wasn't i don't want to use the word wasted but undeserved uh and dragging the standard down the ability to prove yourself used to be considered a good thing Right. And 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 you almost want to say sometimes it feels like people are like, what I have to prove myself? Oh no, no. Yeah. Um yeah. if some I'm sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I I I do know a few uh school age kids who don't do well at school and part of it's cause they're just left to do their own thing. They don't have 
good leadership to to really coax out of them what they had the potential for. <laughs> uh, Let me tell you something about equity that that I'm okay with. If someone's in poverty, uh, illness or injury through no fault of their own, uh, good example of this is widows and orphans, mm -hmm. uh, then it's only right to lend our aid. As a matter of fact, this is a great opportunity for the church. By the way, as James mentions, that is, part of pure religion is helping the widows and orphans. However, what if poverty or injury is a result of bad choices made? What if it's even a result of the seed of sinful living finally going into full bloom? There are still times where compassion and aid is in order. However, there are also times to let consequences take their course. And sometimes that's a hard call to make, but sometimes it needs to be made. Right. And, you know, there are consequences and uh, you don't want to, not let the consequences be applied because sometimes it is the most beneficial thing for that. Uh, and I'm thinking of in our legal system, there's consequences if you break the law. You're going to break into a, a bank or a store or, or shoot somebody. There's a consequence. It involves uh, some jail time or even capital punishment. Uh, and to say, oh, no. It, the the criminal is the victim. Let's not send him to that mean old jail. Well, you're doing the criminal a disservice. You're doing society an even bigger disservice. Uh, you're making your community not safe. There's you're, you're just totally demolishing any equity. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't have anything until we get to inclusion. Are you good with the... I, I'm good if you want to move on, yeah. All right, let's go to inclusion. This is from ideal.com. Now, this one, Keith, I have a little stipulation. It's a rather long quote. I have places where I stop and 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 uh, chime in, but if you've got something, just stop me, and I'll, uh, I'll, um, I'll, I'll let you talk. All right. All right. From ideal.com. Inclusion is the extent to which various team members, employees, and other people feel a sense of belonging and value within a given organizational setting. The important distinction here is that even among the most diverse teams, there's not always a feeling of inclusion. Women might be well represented at senior management level, but still not feel included due to longstanding gender norms, salary discrepancies, and other factors. Now, this used to be a, a bigger issue than it is now, I think. Right, Keith? With inclusion, like women and salaries and stuff? Yes. Yeah, there used to be a big deal about shattering that glass ceiling. But honestly, women's uh, top-level salaries have met or exceeded men's salaries for quite some time now. All right. So back to the ideal.com. Evaluating an organization's inclusion starts with empathy. Why? Consider the fact that some 48% of employees believe that respect, believe that respect, so I've missed something here, I think. Uh they, anyway, they talk about not, it says not only respecting people's differences, but considering the environment more broadly uh, from their point of view, from the, the employee's point of view. Uh, they say, namely, balance of experience for less represented groups. I'll get to that in a moment. Barriers to entry, both structural and societal, that might be at play. Ah, Keith. <laughs> There are things to consider when we look at these. Right. And, and it's good to to say you're inclusive and look how welcoming we are to all people of all walks of life. And what I would say in the realm of inclusive inclusivity is that it depends on how high the stakes are at what you want to accomplish. Yes. The higher the stakes, the more exclusive you must That's right. become. 
And think of it this way. Hey, it's a Sunday afternoon picnic. The church folks got together. You're going to play softball in the park. Hey, men, women, children, all go out to the diamond. We'll have some fun. doesn't matter. All age groups, you're welcome. We'll make it happen. But I want to say, hey, you know what? We're going to join this uh, church softball league. Well, you might not want to have kids out there. And you might not have women out there. Uh, you want to focus on your your better players to participate in this league. You also now, want to keep people from getting hurt, right? And and if you are going to participate on a league, you're going to participate competitively with other teams, and everybody wants to win. And so you're going to be going against teams putting their best people forward. And if you was to push that lever even further and say, you know what, let's talk about uh, professional sports. Uh, you're not going to have on a professional baseball diamond, you're not going to have everybody out there. You are going to have people in the stands who they couldn't cut it. <laughs> they, they wanted to. Uh, because you are you got a lot at stake. And in fact, your players are so good, you're paying them money to be out there. Hey, I would love to be get paid the money to be out there on the field. But I would have to say, I, I don't play the ball that well. <laughs> uh, I, I used to play somewhat okay. But I was never that great to, you know, play at that level. Uh, and so the higher up you get, the higher the stakes become. You you, got, you by definition have to be less inclusive. I mean, there's well, what, maybe five percent of the American population play professional sports. That means ninety five percent of the people are excluded from it at the professional level. This kind of. Uh... When it's a balance of experience for less represented groups, I don't know why, but my brain went to intersectionality yeah. and the fact that now people want to take the uh, ideas and advice from minorities and, and, and you're ignored or listened to based on how minor you are. Right. Your victimhood scores a lot of points. Yeah. See, that's it. That's the one. Um, and, and, that could and this, be a problem. And this this could also impact diversity because look how diverse you are. Look at all our victims we have out there. You're, it helps your inclusive score. Look how inclusive we are. We have all these people who are misfits, you might say, <laughs> all these victim points uh, on the board. Uh, and honestly, again, getting back to say playing sports at say even at the a league level i remember as a teenager i used to bowl on a bowling league i wasn't a very good bowler but they loved to have me on their team because they had this thing called a handicap <laughs> and i usually had a good enough handicap that we could win win the the the, the match because of my handicap because <laughs> i wasn't i wasn't as good as people but it wasn't on my merits as they, they only won it based on my handicap. Because that's, that's one way how there's a you can apply a gray area with an inclusivity issue is that you're, help, you're helping this person participate. And their their handicap helps you, you know, with the weight, you know, weighting your score a little bit. And, and that could be, again, it's more of a, of a fun factor. Uh it, it, certainly, if there was going to be money on at stake, where you're paying players or you're winning money at a tournament or something, uh, I would not feel comfortable participating with that, unless I per could participate at that level. <laughs> Another model of inclusivity is the uh, I don't know the illustration of. You know, kids playing ball, and there's little Johnny who's got a uh, uh, a physical disability, uh, cerebral palsy or something, and he he didn't play ball well, and so he's up to bat, and they give him easy pitches, and he d doesn't hardly hit it out of the infield, but they manage to. Well, look, I dropped the ball. He got on first because of an error. I'm going to throw over the head of the first baseman. No, look, Johnny got on second base. And you get him around the bases, purposely making errors, because again, it's when you're going to look at the bar of inclusivity, it's more of a fun factor. You're helping this person feel good about right 
participating. Now, because you've lowered the bar to the point where we're not really playing competitively, we're just right. playing for fun. The the less at stake, the more inclusive you can be. Um, a good example of this is in Arkansas, at least, uh, there's a group called the Miracle League, and uh, True plays on the Miracle League. Um, it's not a competition. They have the two teams, but it's it's not a competition. Everybody gets to hit, and everybody basically they pitch until the guy hits, and then you go to your base. You know, the last person always does the home run because they're the last person to bat, so they always get a home run. But they get the chance to be on the field and, and to participate. And so I, my hat goes off to them, but there's nothing at stake. There's no uh, – or rather, maybe you could say there's something more important at stake. Yeah, and, and what's at stake is having fun. If, and if that, that's your purpose is to have fun, then lower that bar down and have fun. But if there's a, a lot riding on this, the higher the bar, hey, like you said before, you want your doctor to pass medical school. You don't want to have him go there to have fun. <laughs> you want to have him go there to get the grades to be a good doctor. And and so uh, there's a certain standard that gets raised. Now you remember that the TV show ER. At one point, they had the character on there. She was walked with a cane, I think it was. You know, you can you can work at a field that's more intellectually challenging. Oh, absolutely. And have a physical. You could be in a wheelchair. You could be walk with a cane. As as long as your mental faculty is a spot on wonderful be president of the united states be king of the country or whatever uh but if that uh disability or handicap is something that would keep you from excelling like i'm sure nobody would want to have me be an airline pilot <laughs> it would just not be good uh, i would not excel no matter how much you adapt to that cockpit uh, i would not be a good match So, I'm yeah. going to be quiet now. Yeah. Um, but there is uh, some takes on, you know, what good DEI might look like and some of the equivocations that people make to uh, be the opposite of diverse or inclusive or even equitable. You talk about the less inclusive when things are important. I'm, one thing that came to mind is the souls of men uh -huh. and how there are times where you do need to be exclusive, but, um, you, you mean you wouldn't want to have a female pastor or a gay no, pastor in your church? No, because, because, because here's the thing. If I'm going to follow the Bible and the Bible says not to do it, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah, That's no, the thing but, I don't understand. Is but what like, if there's no men in your church you want to step up and, and be the pastor and all you have are women who are... Get one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They've done it for years. Um, no, um, but here's the thing, and this is what I don't understand, is everybody wants to give churches a hard time for not bringing in people and being accepting of the sinful lifestyles. Why do those people want to be in, in those churches? Because they don't believe the same way. So I don't know. Something's wrong there. But you have to open your church to the, the gay community so that you can uh, bring them in and uh, and uh, minister, minister to them. Well, and, hold uh, on a minute. That's, that's an interesting point. There's, there are times where there is inclusion, but it's looked at as exclusion. Let me give you an example. Whosoever will may come to the cross. That's very inclusive. But there's a condition. You must repent. Now, you're given the opportunity to repent and come to the cross. But if you decide not to do that, that's not because you were excluded. That's because you chose to exclude yourself. 
Right. And and the purpose of in, including whosoever will may come, it, it that does mean that hey, you know, sick people go to the hospital, sinners need to be in the church, but you're not gonna take that sinner who's not repenting, who wants you to condone that lifestyle, say, you know what there, buddy, we like you. I know you're not saved, but we're gonna make you our our, our pastor. Because we just no. like you that much. That's, and I that, wonder, some people are trying to do this. Some people are, or they put them in some other leadership position, maybe a worship leader, maybe a Senate school leader. And it's like, but you know, the point here, you're not trying, is not to make your church look like the world. It already has enough trouble with that already. Uh, you need to minister with your church to the world to make the world more Christ like as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things ideal.com also says is that they that one of the things to look at is blind spots and assumptions that might be working against a more inclusive environment. Um, to that, I say it, it's useful to consider these aspects of inclusion from the employee's point of view. Um, but it's also interesting and important to consider from the employer's point of view. Uh Well, and the thing with the blind spot is, how do you know you have a blind spot if you can't see your blind spot? Uh, there, there's a word that the church has used for this for oh, decades. It's called accountability. You may not be able to see this blind spot. Maybe you have a, a tendency to uh, ex exclude certain people or hang out with other people. Well, if you have people who hold you accountable, they can say, oh, you know, Nathan, maybe you know, I've noticed you've been, you know, acting this way and maybe you should act that way uh, their accountability is the biggest thing to right. help out with those those blind spot issues and as the individual you should be at least aware of and attentive to and willing to listen to uh, a fellow you know brother in christ to say you know um <laughs> we need to talk about that Anyway, they continue. They say, again, it's useful to consider these aspects of inclusion from the employee's point of view. Do they feel a sense of community and connection? Do they feel like they contribute on a daily basis? Do they feel a shared sense of purpose with their coworkers and peers? <laughs> to which I already started answering, but I'm going to continue. Sure. Um, sometimes it has to be from the employer's point of view. When hiring on a job, it shouldn't matter what race someone is. It should merely matter the qualifications of the individual being hired. I think we've already kind of talked about that a right. little bit before. Sometimes you're not being included because you can't do the job. It's it's not that we want to exclude you just to exclude you. It's that you are not profitable for us. Yeah, and one way that might work and this a couple of years ago it seemed like maybe during the, the whole covid lockdown stuff there was somebody complaining about there's not enough truck drivers to transport our goods hey how can we have 95 percent of our truck drivers are white middle-aged men we need to have more women and and black people driving our trucks it's like well have you ever thought that maybe women don't want to drive a truck Women have other commitments in their life. They have families to raise. Now, if you have, say, more black people, sure, bring them on. They can drive a truck just as well as anybody else. But but maybe, again, the, the females don't want to drive a truck because they've got kids. That, they can't haul their kids on the road with them. And you would have, they'd be away uh, from those commitments. And you can't force that inclusivity when there's, you don't have the people who are willing to do that job. <laughs> and, and and there are women that do it, and there are women that oh, are willing are. to do it. But guess what? When they want to do it, they ask to do it. Right. And, and I do know women who are truck drivers. I know women who are some pretty good mechanics out there. And that's not traditionally a, a field you see women working under cars with. Uh, but I'm saying sometimes you have that disparity because it's just not a career that that uh, low number demographic person is seeking for. Um, uh, and so you have to be aware of that. You just can't force the issue and say, you know what? We need to have 
you need to force churches to have more gay people or whatever demographic people in there because that's not what churches are there for. <laughs> they're, not, they're not there to make your church look like your community. As a matter of fact. You should make your community more look more like you know, God's kingdom. Um, but yeah, there's some definitely issues with the whole DE and I thing. Yeah, uh, you know, I, all all three of these concepts can be very good things. I think we should abide with respect for people, even for their differences. Even if I don't agree with them, I can still respect them. However, as we have pointed out, many abuse the concepts of diversity, equity, and inclusion right. um, and attempt to use them in ways they should not be used. I think we need to make sure that we include God in our attempts to put these concepts in their appropriate situations. And I'll go ahead and say it. A little bit of common sense goes a long way too. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, uh, when it comes to unifying factors, I mean, anything that's a large scale, I mean, you, you could get unified behind, you know, your local, you know, city hall or mayor or whatever, you can get unified behind your city or state government, uh, behind the national government. That's fine to a point. Uh, that helps you have a good, safe infrastructure of a place to live in by having you know, safe roads and safe communities. Uh, but ultimately, if you can unify under the umbrella of uh, scriptural teaching, uh, Christian teaching, uh, that's an even bigger point to unify under and he know god made everybody diverse there's a place Absolutely. for your diverse talents in that unity um you know what was it paul talked about not everybody is the eye some people are you know, right hands, some people are feet hey you might be the foot you might not be the hand <laughs> so i'll tell you this though there's still a place in the body yeah I, I tell you this, though, it doesn't matter how diverse your sin is. God is still against it. Uh -huh. um, the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I guarantee you there's a bunch of diverse sins out there. And we're all guilty of it. Uh, I, I was about to say at least one of them, but it's going to be more than that. But, uh, uh, but Jesus said... Uh, all that the father give me will come to me and, and, and them that come to me, I will in no wise cast out. And he's referring to people who are willing to repent, repent of their sin and put their trust in Jesus Christ, who, who came to earth, God in the flesh, living, a, lived a perfect life, died for our sins and then rose from the dead. Those who put their faith and trust in him are forgiven and given a new life. And folks, I, I truly believe God wants to include you, but he also knows whether or not you're willing. And uh, I just, I'm telling you, I think that plays a big part in things. Are you still there? Hello? Yes. Oh, okay. I was awful quiet there. <laughs> Maybe I lost the connection. Ah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. That's good points there. You know, God calls, you know, and when you hear the call and you feel like you're not being included, maybe, like I said, it's the individual doing the rejection. It's not God. Right. Um, you you got to look at, 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 uh, when Jesus sent his church on the Great Commission, what did he say? He said, go everywhere. Go everywhere. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what he said. Yeah, I think it's Tell like, everybody. It's like as, as you go, meaning it, 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 everywhere you go, anywhere you go. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, I mean, early on, it was just go to the Israel. But later, it's go everywhere, right. everywhere, throughout the world, and tell. 
and even Paul was and, sent. And, and, and to you the would Gentiles. call that inclusion because you're including the Gentiles. Where That's you, what I'm saying. They weren't included before. It's diversity because you're no longer limiting yourself to only people in, geographically in, in Israel. Uh, and it's equity because, uh, for one thing, we don't really bring anything to the table other than our sin. <laughs> that is right. The, Jesus we, we gives. All have, yeah, we all have the same price that Jesus paid for. Jesus gives us his righteousness if we trust him. That's about as equitable as you can get because we had nothing. Right. In, in fact, it's more than equitable because, yeah, we bring nothing. We only bring sin. We only bring our future and destruction, eternal perishing. And, and what happens? God has grace. He shows mercy. And in the form of Jesus Christ making that, blood payment, that atonement, it's the same price for everybody, no matter how up or down the scale you think you are. Uh, it's that one price that only he could pay. And that's, if it was equitable, none of us would get in. <laughs> if it was really fair. If uh, um, And if God raises you up, you go all the way up. <laughs> right. So that's the best kind of DEI right there. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I unfortunately, our secular society as it is, there's just been so much equivocation over what those words mean. And it's, it's become more about uh, racial disadvantage and social disadvantage and scoring those victim points. I, and I really think it's... If you don't, don't been... have those victim points, then you're automatically... Uh, thrust down and you know, given the short end of the deal. <laughs> that you know, there was a time when when all we had to worry about was the the racial aspects of the 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 inclusivity and 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 uh, sometimes that getting out off balance uh, on either side of the fence. And we know, you know, for years it was on the white side, but there have been times it's been on other sides as well. Right. And uh, I, I think we maybe made the rounds pretty well on this topic today. Yeah, uh, I was just it thinking would be that... good to come back and talk, revisit the Christian nationalism topic at some other time. Possibly, possibly. Oh. I, I'm just thinking about the world's DEI now. Uh, I was tr what I was trying to say was that it's gone from race now to 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 what your flavor of sin is. Yeah. And and you know the the more deviant your flavor of sin, the more points you get. Yeah, and like drag queen story hour. Yeah, yeah. All those things. But here's the thing: the ones that really need to be included are then set to the side. Yeah. Because if you're a a, a racially men minority. But you're not sinning <laughs> these sins, and you're actually against these sins. They're not going to look at you as it, on their side. It, it short circuits your victim points, right? <laughs> if you're on the cause for truth, even though you may have these intersectionality victim points, you suddenly are are not uh, this excluded. You're not part of the the game yeah. anymore. Uh, yeah, well, definitely lots to discuss there. So let's go ahead and call it quits for the moment. And yeah, uh, sounds good. Hey there, friends, family, foes, and lurkers alike. This is Daniel Minnick, the host of the Truth Espresso podcast on the Christian podcast community. And I want you to check out Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story. Chris and Rich are two guys with big hearts who will bring you a show every week that is sure to be challenging, encouraging, and biblical. Voice of Reason Radio with Chris Honholtz and Richard Story is part of the Christian podcast community. Check them out at slavetothekingcom That's slavetothekingcom And tell them Truthspresso sent you.
My name is Andy Olson, and I want to tell you about Echozoi Radio. Echozoi Radio is a podcast outreach of Echozoi Ministries. Every month, I find a knowledgeable guest to talk about an important and interesting topic that affects the church today. We carefully balance the discussions of positive, God-glorifying doctrines of Orthodox Christianity from a mostly Reformed point of view with exposés of heresy, false teaching, and poor practice that goes on throughout the church today. You can find us at echozoe.com. That's E-C-H-O-Z-O-E.com. All right. And wow, that's our show. You know, it didn't make we're talking that long. We're talking. But when I, I looked at the time stamp on the, the file, when I got done, it's like, wow, um, I don't want to edit anything. It's, it's all good stuff, and it's all important stuff that uh, Christians need to be reminded of that, you know, our uh, left progressive cultural people out there with these uh, strange ideologies, you know, it's not that... They're not maybe good people. It's not that they don't deserve uh, love, but they have strayed so far from from Christian morality, godly morality, that they have nothing to anchor their ethics onto. And so they make up these weird things and they twist and distort and pervert uh, truth. And that is not ever right. And that's what we're all about here is questing for truth. What is real? What is true? that we can hang on to and know as fact. We need to recognize fallacies and equivocations and wordplay and word trickery uh, so we can recognize it when we see it and we can understand maybe where people are coming from because maybe there is some goodness behind you know, being diverse, being equitable, being inclusive, you know, diversity is character. Inclusive means you feel comfortable in a place. Equity is fairness. But do we really see any of those traits when you combine the acronym? Uh, very rarely. Uh, in fact, it's becoming more and more rare. Well, anyway, uh, we do have more topics to cover uh, coming up, hopefully in future episodes, uh, coming shortly down the pike. But anyway, for now, that's all I got. This is your host, Keith, signing off. Thanks for listening. And uh, stay tuned. Tell a friend about us. That's how we grow our audience the most. And right now, we'll let you know all the many ways you can contact us through voicemail, email, webpage, social medias, and all like that there. So once again, this is Keith signing off. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at HPNCast, capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May God richly bless you. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a savior. Thanks for listening.